0: Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. we get into the message we're continuing our series holy spirit activate um we want to show you a crazy video and i'm just going to explain what it is so you realize what's happening uh so you guys remember the first week of this series um we showed this really funny video from family feud right and it's one of those things where they took the audio from it and it went all over like TikTok and social media it's china phillips uh from wilson phillips and she's on celebrity family feud and before she answers her question she's like hold on and she goes, Holy Spirit, activate. How many of you guys have seen this video? You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and so get this. Someone, we didn't know this. Rob or I didn't know this. Uh, someone at our Mawa campus is friends with China Phillips. And so Chyna Phillips sent this. Hey, Pastor Rob, it's China Phillips. And I am so excited that you are teaching on Holy Spirit activation because let me tell you something. When you are Holy Spirit activated, when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you really are free, you really are out of bondage, you really are living you, your authentic life. That's really all I have to say about it. Oh, and Holy Spirit activate, Holy Spirit activate, Holy Spirit activate, activate, activate. All right, let's go. How hilarious is that? Isn't that awesome? But I just thought it was so funny that, like, Rob just, like, sends me this text with this video. He's like, you're not going to believe this. And, and it was just, I, so I was laughing. It was, it was amazing. But it was so cool to be encouraged by someone who's uh, put themselves out there and, and, and is really excited that people are uh, seeking the Holy Spirit for empowerment. So I just wanted to share that with you all. I thought you'd, you'd appreciate that. That was pretty awesome. Um, hey, we're, we're wrapping up this Holy Spirit series, kind of like China Phillips said, but we're learning how to live our, our authentic, true selves that the Holy Spirit teaches us how to, how to live in. And we only have, after this week, there's only two weeks left in this series. June 5th is the last Sunday we're going to be in this series, and that is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost is the story of uh, the church being born, basically. The followers of Jesus in Acts chapter 2 were told to wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2 is the story of the church being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has been pouring himself out on followers of Jesus for the last 2,000 years ever since that happened. Happen. and so Pentecost is the day that we celebrate when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the church so we've wanted to walk through this series leading up to Pentecost and, and I want to just invite you to this June 5th um the final day of this series, we'll, we'll be spending some time talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit, praying for people to receive the Holy Spirit. But Sunday night, June 5th at 6 p.m. at our Mawa campus, I really want to encourage you to, to make every effort, figure out arrangements for you to be able to join us there. Uh, it's just gonna, we're going to have an extended time. I know many of you love just spending time in worship. That's how you connect to God. We're going to have an extended time of worship, and we're just going to have people available to pray uh, for you and with you for the filling of the Holy Spirit and for God to just show up more in your life and empower you, activate you in a new way. So I really want to encourage you to join us on June 5th at 6 p.m. That'll be at our Mawa campus. Um, and, and, and I'm really expecting God to, to meet everyone in not just a, a, a nice experience for the moment, but something that is significantly transformational for each of your lives. So, so I really want to encourage you to join us for that. Um, With that said, let's jump into the message today. Um, We're we're going to continue this series, and I want to ask you uh, a question this morning as we get started. You probably have noticed all of these lovely packages on the stage, so maybe you can guess what we're talking about today. Uh, But I want to ask the question, how many of you remember the best gift that you've ever received? All right, shout it out, because I really want to know what some of these are. Your kids, your daughter. Okay, like, give me like a materialistic answer. Like, give me. Those are way better than what I was thinking, but those are way better. They are real. I'm, I'm, just, I'm being facetious. I'm joking. But like, think about it. When you were a kid, what was like the best gift you ever received? Your bike. My Chrissy doll. Chrissy doll. Nintendo. Nintendo. Original? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. What else? A boombox. Boom yes. Did it have a CD player? Yeah. And a tape deck, of course. Yes. Anyone else? A vacuum. It? <laughs> no, No. No. legit though. Legit. My mother-in-law got us a Dyson like cordless vacuum cleaner. I love that thing. It's amazing. So I, I feel that one. I feel that one. Any others? What is it? Ice skates. Kitchen Aid. I love it. How rad is this wrapping paper, by the way? So imagine that gift, best gift you ever got, Christmas morning, your birthday, another just random just because you got this gift that just rocked your world. Imagine you got this gift. For me, it it, it was, a few different ones came to mind, but the one I originally thought of was, Uh, 1997, Christmas 1997, the Star Wars Special Edition had just been in movie theaters and yes, they had just released it in a box set trilogy on VHS. Thank you very much. (laughs) And my sister and I, my, my parents were so good, they threw us off the scent for months. We were like, that's all we want for Christmas. Come on. We were just going to get it. We want it. And, and my parents were saying, you know what? It's nice to watch once in a while. You can watch it when it's on TV. Maybe we'll rent it once in a while. Um, but like, I, I don't want you, we don't want you watching that all the time. So we're not getting that for you. We're not getting it for months and months and months, they said it. And then Christmas morning, there's this little thing about that big. And I say to my sister, I'm Carolyn, Carolyn, look, I think that's, and we go over and the, the little, my parents always did this little thing. Maybe you do this with, with kids or you had this done. It was like the two and the from. So it was like two Andrew and Carol and it was from Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, of course, we knew what it was. And I remember this vividly. We ripped it open and there it was and we freaked out. We were so excited and I think my parents were right. I think we watched it like 100 times that week. So we probably watched it a little too much. But imagine that best gift you were ever given. You've got this best gift, and imagine it's sitting there, and you never opened it. Guaranteed it's going to be the best gift you ever got, and you never opened it. Or you ripped the package off, and you went, that's cool, and then you walked away to do something else. Sadly, this is what happens all too often in the church when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit often get overlooked, they they get questioned, we're suspicious about it, Um, we see them used really poorly, and so we just want to stay away from them entirely, and and we leave gifts under the Christmas tree, if you will, and we never find out what it could be like to live life with that gift. There was a... uh, a survey done in 2009 by, by Barna, and they found that uh, in the United States only 68% of Christians had even heard of spiritual gifts. 68%. Uh, in the south uh, of the United States, about 75% of people who had self identified as Christians said, Oh, yeah, I've heard of spiritual gifts. About 71% of people on the west coast, only 63% in the Midwest had ever heard of spiritual gifts and listen to this in the northeast only 58 percent of people had ever even heard of spiritual gifts 58 percent and that's just think about it that's just the people who have heard of spiritual gifts that's not people who know what they are are practicing them uh, walking in them using them they just heard that it's a thing Uh, about 22 percent of those who said they were christians they described having spiritual gifts that were not even spiritual gifts They would say, oh yeah, I have gifts of the Holy Spirit, I have a home, I have a sense of humor, I have health, uh, I have happiness. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you don't need the Holy Spirit to have those, right? Gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to you. In actuality, when all the research was tallied and looked at, of the people who who said they were Christians, who said they'd heard of spiritual gifts, about two-thirds of them have never actually uh, reported receiving a gift of the Holy Spirit, know what their gifting is, have used it, nothing. Imagine this. Two-thirds of the church with gifts unopened. Two-thirds of the church leaving blessings from God under the Christmas tree. First Peter four ten says this: God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Now, I'm gonna, I am going gonna—I don't normally do this. This is like really a Rob thing for those of you who know Rob, but I'm coming down for a second. Wow. This means, I want you to look at this. This is really serious. This means you have a spiritual gift. This means you have spiritual gifts. You guys have spiritual gifts. Did you know you have spiritual gifts? What's up? You guys have spiritual gifts. If you follow Jesus, you have spiritual gifts. I'm not leaving anyone out in this room. You have spiritual gifts. So so think about what he's saying here. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Every believer, every follower of Jesus has been given gifts by the Holy Spirit to help the church on its mission. But the problem is, more than two-thirds of the church, this is according to a 2009 survey, by the way, and that was trending down from a 2000 survey, which means 12, 13 years later, it's probably even less. At least two-thirds of the church has not opened the gift. They're not walking in the gift. They might not even know gifts that the Holy Spirit has given them. That means, just statistically speaking, two-thirds of the people in this room have no idea what their spiritual gifts are. Now, this isn't a shame thing. This is not like, how dare you not know what your spiritual gifts are. Just kind of the reality of the data. I'd suggest that this is actually part of the reason for the decline of the church in in the Western world. The, not, not the whole reason, there's a lot of other factors, but I would suggest this is a part. If two-thirds of the church hasn't used the gifts that are supposed to encourage the church, build up the church, strengthen the church, help move the church forward on mission, I'd suggest that the, the disuse of gifts is a big reason why the church is struggling. Because if the Holy Spirit himself has said, hey, this isn't going to be by your power, it's going to be by mine, and I want to gift you, each of you, uniquely to serve each other, to strengthen each other, to encourage each other as you follow Jesus, and to help shape and serve the world. If we're not walking in that, there's probably going to be some things that start to go wrong. But here's the good news today. The Holy Spirit has given you Gifts. If you are a follower of Jesus, that means you have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit has given you gifts. And he wants you to not shy away from those gifts. He wants you to activate those gifts in your life, pun intended. He wants you to walk in those gifts, to discover those gifts, to develop those gifts, and, and to use those gifts gifts to help serve the church and the world. So let's pray And then we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how you can walk in the gifts of the Spirit today. Let's pray. Holy Spirit. uh, We recognize when we come to the topic of spiritual gifts that it, it, for many people, uh, leads their their thinking in many directions. For others, maybe they just are sitting here and kind of going, What's this all about? Uh, For some, they've been hurt tremendously by people supposedly using their gifts. Uh, Many just have loved using their gifts, and it's been such an encouragement to them. But Holy Spirit, today, I pray that you would help us all, uh, just as there is one Spirit, Holy Spirit, that we would all come into a place of unity, of understanding, of the blessing of the gifts that you have given us, Lord. And that you would encourage us and, and illuminate and highlight to us how our gifts are to be used today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I don't know about you, but it can be kind of hard to imagine what it's like to be under the influence of a spirit. That's, that's not something we normally talk about in our worldview, right? We, we come out of like the Western culture, enlightenment, it's m- uh, modernistic, uh, modernity, It's if you can't measure it, if you can't see it, if you can't taste it, if you can't smell it, it doesn't exist, This is what we call the Scooby-Doo effect, right? I've talked about this before, so I won't talk on it too long, but a friend of mine talks about the Scooby-Doo effect. Uh, You watch the old Scooby-Doo shows in the 1960s. It's a perfect picture of what modernity looks like, our Western worldview. Behind every seemingly supernatural issue, there's a ghost haunting the mansion or whatever, in Scooby Doo, it always turns out it's the disgruntled gardener who is trying to scare everyone away, right? They unmask him at the end, and there's a natural explanation behind what we thought was a supernatural occurrence. Now, if you watch modern cartoons of Scooby Doo, modern remakings of it, that's not always what happens. Sometimes the ghost is actually a ghost in those cartoons. You ever seen any of the new ones? And, and what that's signaling to us is the world around us is, is becoming aware of something that it, it had ignored in the West for a long time. Now, just because people are starting to change the way Scooby-Doo gets made doesn't make it, mean it's true, right? Uh, but So hear me on that. But this is actually in keeping with how the rest of the world views reality, that there's both a, a seen world that we can see and an unseen spiritual world. And this is actually the way the Bible sees things. It talks about heaven and earth, the seen world and the unseen world. It talks about spiritual beings. It talks about demonic activity. But most importantly, it talks about the Holy Spirit that fills every believer and empowers us and gives us his strength and wisdom to live well following Jesus in the world. And if you notice, the places around the globe where the church is growing the fastest, fastest, it's in places where they are not influenced by the Western worldview. So the continents of South America, continent of Africa, Asia, parts of Asia. Actually, right now, one of the fastest growing churches is in Iran, and it's all led by women. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's just going like crazy, and they can't stop it completely underground, blowing up like crazy. And, and uh, Muslims who have never, ever heard the gospel, never even met a Christian, are being visited in dreams by Jesus. And, and meeting Jesus, and they're being led to faith literally by Jesus. Man, don't tell me Jesus doesn't make a way. I, I met a man when I was um, in, in the Middle East once, and, and he came from a, a Muslim cleric's household, very, very strict Muslim. And he told, I was in tears when he told this story, and he cried. He's told the story so many times. He's like, I never cry, never tell the story without crying. And he met Jesus in his room. He was woken one night, and Jesus was sitting there next to him. And so the rest of the world is very comfortable. We would have been like, well, I had a really bad burrito last night. We'd give it a natural explanation. Well, that was weird. That couldn't have been real. But what we have to understand is the rest of the world thinks this is normal. And throughout most of history, uh, this is how people have normally thought about the seen world and the unseen world. It's really about 500 years of Western modern thinking that has said, if you can't see it, measure it, smell it, it doesn't exist. It's a very, very small blip in human history. And already what's happening is that's getting changed because people are realizing there's something more out there. And so that's just a short overview. We could go on that topic of worldview for hours, but is so important. Otherwise, it's so hard for us to understand what's happening when we talk about the Holy Spirit giving you some kind of gift, some kind of empowerment or ability you didn't have before. It sounds weird to us, Right? So I want to encourage you that this isn't some, like, hippy-dippy, strange, like, thing. This is, like, in the Bible. This is in the Bible. This is a shared understanding of reality that most of the ancient world has had and most of the world still has today. And the scriptures talk about this all the time. Uh, And it's framed differently depending on different perspectives in that, but there's an understanding that there's a seen and unseen world. So enough about that. I'm not going to try and convince you of that anymore. But it's the Holy Spirit who gives gifts to you, empowers you with gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So every believer has the the Holy Spirit living within them. We're following Jesus. We have the Spirit. The Spirit himself is giving gifts. Now the Spirit's choosing. Uh, I'm going to give one person this kind of gifting, gifting and I'm going to give this person these two gifts. And this person's going to have four gifts over here. And this person's going to have one over here. And this person's going to have eight gifts here. We don't get to decide. We don't get to do that. I, I actually believe that people probably have a lot more gifting than they think they do from the Spirit because I, I think that's something that we're kind of like stuck with in our worldview that, that's kind of hard to wrap our heads around sometimes, but the point is at the end of the day, not how many gifts you have or it, if you have the right gift or a better gift, there's no such thing, uh, but the point is, do you know what your gifting is? What gifts has the Holy Spirit given you? This is the point, point. and are you partnering with the Holy Spirit to learn how to use that gift, to discover your gift, to develop that gift? So what are the gifts? That's really what you're all here for, right? Like, okay, what are the gifts? We're going to just read through a a bunch of passages of scripture, and I'm just going to leave this really simple chart up on the screen, uh, and and we can give this to you if you can't see it or snap a picture of it on your phone for later, but I just want to read to you the passages where these lists come from. 1 Corinthians 12, it goes on to say, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. There's the purpose of the gifts right there. So we can help each other. What is the purpose of spiritual gifts? Help each other. Don't forget that. That's really important. It's not so we can uh, strong arm someone or manipulate someone or control someone. It's so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, sometimes called words of wisdom. To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge, words of knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. You see, there's the worldview thing happening right there. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in an unknown language, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Going to keep going. You ready? Romans 12 says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. 1 Peter 4.10 and 11 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts, like we read before. Use them well to serve one another. Who are we serving? One another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. So notice this real quick. When you use your spiritual gifts, you're not only helping and serving others, you're bringing glory to God. And then we have Ephesians 4.11. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. What's the responsibility of these gifts? These gifts equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. Who are they building up? The church, the body of Christ. So we're serving the church, each other. That's you guys. It's not a building. It's you. We're serving each other. We're equipping each other. We're encouraging each other. We're helping each other. We're building each other up and we're bringing glory to God in the process. It's this amazing thing where we're saying, wow, wow. That's amazing what they just did. And, and it didn't benefit them. It benefited all of the people that they're doing life with. That's amazing. They're using that power for others. So things like giving, encouragement, prophecy, teaching, administration, discernment, healing, interpretation of languages called tongues, tongues, prophecy, wisdom, uh, being apostolic, evangelistic, serving, teaching, teaching pastoring, prophesying, giving all of these different gifts. You guys might be wondering, huh, I wonder what gifts the Holy Spirit has given me. I wonder what's inside that wrapping paper for me. And some of you might know you're walking in some of your gifts or you might be aware of it, but for others, you, you might be sitting here going like, huh, okay, this is maybe giving me a sense of what's going on here. So here's what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna talk about some of these gifts, just to give you an idea of what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like. This is not going to be exhaustive. We're not going to talk about every gift here. Don't worry, I will get you out of here at a reasonable hour, like two o'clock. Um, and we uh, and, uh, just want to talk about a few of these and share some examples that I think will be helpful. And then I'm just going to end this by, by doing like a frequently asked questions thing, because there's a lot of questions that come in when it comes to spiritual gifts, Uh, both for good reasons and for unfortunate reasons, just because of how things have played out in church history. So let's look at some examples uh, of spiritual gifts, of the gifts of the spirit, the gift of service, the gift of service or the gift of helping, as it was described in another passage. Uh, is this spiritual gift. It's not just you like to help people. This is something that the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to do that you did not have before, and, and it's this radical kind of serving of others, going out of your way to self-sacrificially uh, do things that other people need, to open up your home hospitably. I, I'm gonna, I told Faith I was going to totally shout her out here. Faith, just this last week, we, we needed someone to house someone in our church that was in a really desperate situ- situation, and they needed to move out of their living situation like immediately. And, and Faith just goes, yeah, totally, they can stay at my house. Like, there was like no questions asked. Um, like no, not charging a dime of rent, like, like it was extremely generous, extremely full of service. That was the gift of service at work through faith, a supernatural gift. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? It's a gift of service. Yeah, you can celebrate that. You can celebrate that. How, how many of you know, let's talk about the gift of evangelism. Uh, some of you know Omar Nieblaz. Uh, he was on staff with the Plant Church for a while. Before we planted this church, he, he was kind of the original person that was here uh, starting to to clear the building out and prepare it uh, to, to be planted. Now he works for our district office. I think he was here preaching uh, three or four weeks ago, maybe. Uh, but Omar has the gift of evangelism. He will, every single conversation he has with someone who doesn't know Jesus will always go back to Jesus. It's amazing to watch. Like, And it's not forced... It's so natural, and by the time he has this conversation with them, the person wants to talk about Jesus. They don't feel like they were just like, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know what's going to happen to you if you don't accept Jesus? Like, there's none of that. It, like, there's just this natural, like, wooing in that he, he's able to do. And I say natural, but I really mean it's a Holy Spirit gift of evangelism where people are just like, I want to know more about Jesus because of this guy. I have to know more about Jesus. That's the gift of evangelism. Someone who's really good at sharing the good news and the Holy Spirit's empowered them to draw people in with the gospel message. Share about healing, the gift of healing. Now, evangelism and service, maybe we're a little bit uh, able to get our heads around because there's like natural kind of means that that could happen. But healing is something like if you're praying for someone with cancer and then they suddenly don't have cancer, that's kind of hard to naturally explain right? That's a pretty radical shift. But the Holy Spirit gives people the spiritual gift of healing. Think about it. When we talked in our very first week in this series, Jesus did everything in his ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't do any of that through his divinity. Remember, we talked about that principle. So we too are able to walk in the same things we read about Jesus doing in the Gospels. And one of those things was healing. Uh, just like a, a week or two ago, Megan Florkowitz, our kidsman director, a few of us were praying for someone with a really bad headache, splitting headache, and she just started to pray and commanded the headache to go away, and it was gone. Awesome. Awesome. There's so many other stories I could share about healing. I, I have some, it's like some fun stories we can share sometime about that when we talk more about healing. Um, but, but healing is a gift that the Holy Spirit has given the body of Christ. Let's talk about tongues. Now, tongues is a sadly misunderstood gift. How many of you, this is just going to be helpful for me. How many of you are familiar with the idea of tongues? Or some of you are like, what on earth are you talking about? What is tongues? What is speaking of, just keep your hand up for a second. This is just it's okay if you've never heard of it. I just want to have an idea of like who I'm talking to in the room for a second. And, and I just need to be, that's helpful. Thank you. So, okay, here's the unfortunate thing with tongues Uh, tongues has been so misunderstood, especially in the last uh, 50, 80, 100 years in the church. Um, It's because, well, quite frankly, it's probably one of the weirder gifts. It's a little weird because if you just started speaking in another language, someone might be like, What's that? And it's not always like, hey, they're speaking French now. Sometimes that is how, how it happens, but often when, when you see in the Bible about speaking in tongues and other languages, they're talking about spiritual languages. Now, okay, that's weird. Why is that even necessary? What's going on? Let me unpack this just a little more. This requires a bit more teaching. Okay, simply put, this gift is very commonly used throughout the scriptures. People still uh, are gifted with tongues today but simply put, it is a prayer language to help you pray in its simplest form. How many of you have ever been praying, you're in a desperate situation in your life or a friend or a family member and you just like run out of words? You're just at the point where I'm like, I don't know what to do. Anyone ever have that experience? We're just like, God, help. Help is like the last word. The Holy Spirit can give you a gift of tongues, not just in a moment, it's something that could happen normally, and it's the Holy Spirit giving you words to pray when you have no clue how to pray. Uh, Paul talks about it in, in, in the book of Romans, he, he uses different language, but he says, sometimes when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit intercedes on our behalf with groanings that are, that are too uh, hard for us to understand. So a lot of times tongues shows up in your own private prayer life. But occasionally it does show up in a a public setting and someone will pray, maybe in a small group or someone, someone might pray in tongues. What's appropriate then, and there's a whole teaching we don't have time to go into on this, is that someone also have a gift of interpretation. Hey, I'm getting the sense that God is, uh, the Holy Spirit was, what you were just saying, it's the Holy Spirit saying this to us. And usually, honestly, someone's quoting directly from scripture Uh, someone's usually something that's very in line with scripture it's never going to to go against what the scriptures say it's never going to be some new revelation that's out of line with what the scripture teaches Uh, but it's always going to be to encourage people to help give us language to pray in our most desperate times Um, Something that Pastor Rob does, he, he shared about this publicly, so he's not, hes okay with me sharing about this. Uh, it's something I use from time to time in my own prayer life, but it's sometimes, and I'm not like looking for it, but it's not like you get zapped all of a sudden, you're unconscious and, and something. You could be, like I had one professor put it like, yeah, like he's like, I could just be writing on a chalkboard. This is in one of my classes in school. he just be, I could be writing on the chalkboard and speaking in tongues. It's just something the Spirit's doing through me. Uh, and now, Here's what I want to say about this. This is one of those gifts, for those of you who have some familiarity with it, that you've seen misused a lot. And you've seen, remember the first week we talked about counterfeit money? Don't let, as one of my professors said, don't let misuse be your excuse for disuse. Don't let, uh, because there's counterfeit money out there, don't let that be the reason you stop using real money, to put it that way. Because the Holy Spirit has truly given this gift. Don't let the the times that it's used poorly be an excuse for not using it at all. So this might be a gift for some of you. Some of you are are real prayer warriors and people who go to God in prayer and, and you're struggling to find the words. Maybe the Holy Spirit is bringing you to your end and your breaking point because he wants to give you this gift of tongues. That's all I'm gonna say on that. We can talk more about it another time if you have more questions. Uh, let's talk about prophecy. What is prophecy? Now, a lot of us get the image of Charlton Heston from the Ten Commandments in our head. We think of this like bleary-eyed prophet with a big robe and a staff, and they're like pointing their little crooked finger, and they're saying, thus saith the Lord. And really, uh, there, there's, it's been Hollywoodized in some ways, but really, prophecy in its most simple form is hearing what God is saying and sharing what God is saying. That's it. I'm sensing God saying this. Here's what it is. And it's much more, it's much more um, humble language to put it that way. Hey, God might be saying this. I'm getting a picture of this, or this scripture's coming to mind, or something like this. I think it might be to encourage you. And the whole point of prophecy, man, think about it this way. If God was speaking, would you like to know if he was saying something to you? This is the whole point of it. God wants to encourage you way more than you can imagine. And, and what prophecy is is simply uh, a, a chance to be encouraged, to be built up, uh, to be given clarity when you need clarity, when you're confused, uh, all of these things. Prophecy is something to build, build each other up. And it, it takes so many forms. You could get a, a picture. Some of you are, are very visual people. You see things almost in color when you imagine. Uh, some of you uh, just have scripture pop into your mind a lot. Some of you will 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 get different um, senses or just kind of a sense of something in your heart. And, and that's the Holy Spirit speaking through you to speak to someone or to speak to yourself uh, and, and encourage them and build them up and direct them as God's people. How are you guys doing so far? We doing okay? We doing okay? How many of you would love to just be able to hear God's voice for someone? How many of you have a loved one and you're like, I just want them to hear from God. God, what are you saying to them? This is what the gift of prophecy is for. Very similarly, related to this is is words of knowledge. Uh, Words of knowledge are um, something that it's basically you know information that you should not know. And it's the Holy Spirit just telling you things. There's a great example in Mark chapter 2 verse 8. Some of the Pharisees were, were starting to to complain about Jesus early on in their ministry. And they were privately going like, what's this guy all about? And and Mark 2, verse eight says, and immediately Jesus was perceiving in his spirit that they were reasoning like this within themselves. And he actually turned to them and called them out on it. And they're like, how did he know that? How did he know that? And and it was the Holy Spirit telling Jesus, hey, here's what's going on. And this is a moment to to correct that. Two stories on this real quick. Um, I I was praying with a friend of mine. We were praying for a woman uh, once at a a conference and and, um, we were praying for her. And as soon as we were praying for her, I knew she was being abused by her husband. I I don't know, that's like not something normal for me, but I just had this overwhelming sense of, I don't know how I know this, but I I can't escape it. I can't escape it. And I'm not just gonna be like, are you being abused by your husband? Because that would be a horrible thing to say. Whenever you're praying for someone, by the way, give the person their dignity. So, so I just started asking some questions. I'm sensing that God um, might be wanting to talk about something related to your family. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. And I'm like, uh, and then I asked her some other questions and she was starting to like push away because she didn't really want to go there. And I'm like, I, okay, maybe I'm wrong, but like I, I really feel like this is from God. And so I just said, I'm just sensing that God wants to speak to you about a conflict you're having with her, your husband, and she just looked at me like dead in the eyes, like, How does he know this and it, you know what was unfortunate about that situation is she didn't want to go there and and there was nothing I, I don't have any control i don't control people, so she didn't want to go further with that, but it, by the end of it we we understood like she had the scars and bruises under her sleeves to to prove it what was going on but But it was an opportunity for my friend and I to just pray for her for the next several weeks. We we exchanged one or two emails. We never heard from her again, unfortunately. But but it was a moment where we we were given information that she was not going to offer to us. But God knew that people needed to be praying for her. Very specifically, not just generally. Now, that's a very sobering thing and heavy sometimes. God's going to want to tell you things that you need to be very responsible with but he's doing it so that you can encourage and build up and help people. Another story, uh, there was a woman um, in our church, uh, the church I was pastoring, uh, and um, uh, one Sunday I just, I I got the sense that someone had like chipped their tooth really bad. And and so we just shared that with the church and no one said anything. And I'm like, okay, I guess that was the bad, bad pizza or something, that wasn't from God. And that happens sometimes. That's normal. And then the next Sunday, this woman comes up to me. She's like, last week, you said that you sent someone chipped their tooth and they needed prayer. I think it actually had to do specifically with being able to pay to repair it uh, and just praying for the provision for that. And the woman said, I heard you say that. And I freaked out because that was me and I didn't say anything. But she came back and she's like, would you pray for me for the provision? Because I need the money to pay for this. too." This but it was this thing where, like, we didn't find out until later. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that wasn't from God. But, like, those took risks and those took opportunities of um, of figuring out. And I'll share one more because this is one that personally that, that God's gifted me with. Um, uh, I was praying in this group of people once. And... Um, And we were in this circle and we were just spending time, it was like kind of prophetic prayer. We're just listening. What might God be saying to different people? How can we encourage each other? So we're just listening. And people are sharing things with each other and praying for each other. It was so good. And this one time I I I, am sitting there and I'm like, I'm I'm not hearing anything from God today. I'm I'm just kind of I'm just hanging out. I'm not. And and I, I just had this picture in my mind of a giant fir tree. And I couldn't get the picture out of my mind. And I'm like, this is so annoying. I'm trying to listen, God, but all I've got is this picture of a stupid fir tree in my head, and I don't know what it's about. So I'm like, and then it finally dawns on me, because I'm not smart like this sometimes. I'm like, wait, maybe this is God trying to tell me something for someone. So I just sit with it for a while, and as I finally was paying attention, the Holy Spirit's like, okay, now I have your attention. Uh, the, the, the fir tree changed into a picture of one of those little, like, pine car fresheners that, like, hangs from your rearview mirror. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, is this weird so far? You, it's okay, you can be candid and say, this is bizarre. Okay? I think it was weird too. And I was like, this is, I don't, I can't, what do I do with this? This is useless. So, so I'm like, I'm just keeping quiet. It's a smart thing to do when you don't know what's going on. It's just don't say anything. Unfortunately, there's a lot of misuse, and people just start saying stuff and they don't know what's going on. So I'm just, I'm just gonna keep quiet. And so I sit there, and then the picture became clearer. And and I, all of a sudden, I was it was like I was sitting in an older car. And I was in the middle seat of the back seat looking between the two, driver and passenger seat, and I just see this little pine freshener dangling there. Okay? And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, it's for that woman right there. You need to tell her what you saw. And I'm like, I'm not telling her that. You know how dumb this sounds? And and so I'm like, oh, all right, fine. I'm, I was actually not at my church, so I was like, I don't know when the next time is I'm gonna see these people, so I'll give it a try. And so I just say... I can't remember the woman's name. I just say, all right, I'm just going to share this picture that I saw, and if it's nothing, you just say, that means nothing to me. That's fine. We move on. I'm just okay with being embarrassed at this point, right? And and so I just say, here's what I saw. It was like I was sitting in the back seat of an older car in the middle seat, and I was looking up between uh, the driver's seat and the front passenger seat, and I just see this little evergreen car freshener just dangling. And I'm not even done saying this, and she starts crying. And I'm like, what did I say? Did I hurt her feelings? I didn't know. And she's, between her crying, she's blabbering about when she was a kid, she always wanted to sit on the side seats in the car. But her older sisters always got to sit there, and she was forced to sit in the middle. And she didn't really feel like she could look out the windshield in the front, because there was always a stupid little evergreen car freshener sitting there dangling. This was like a vivid memory she had about her childhood. And I don't know why yet that God's telling me this. I like literally saw from her perspective as a little kid. And and so, but immediately after she explained this, I heard God say to me, I just want her to know that I see her and I know her. That was it. That was it. All that just so God could, some super specific thing that no one would know but it was just so she could know how real God was to her, how much that he knows her and sees her and has been intimately involved in her life. Would, would that encourage you? I was encouraged because I was like, wow, I'm glad I shut up until the, the right time. But those, those are some words of knowledge um, that, that God, God can work in. and the, We just listen and pay attention. Um, And then a gift of faith is the last one that I want to mention. A gift of faith, this is more than just positive thinking or optimism. Uh, Sometimes people have an unusual amount of faith. They can go into the most desperate situations, in the most desperate, say, work environments or church situations or family situations, and they're like, there is zero hope for this. But the Holy Spirit has given them a gift of faith to see what God wants to do, even in all of the mess, and, and there's certain people who are just able to keep going because they're like God's gonna show up God's gonna show up God's gonna and you're like he's not showing up nothing's happening. and I, I've just I've seen so many people just stick with it time and time again to have a gift of faith and 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 it's maybe not a year later or two years later. It's sometimes 10 years later. Sometimes it's 20 years later. And that gift of faith has started to show fruit. And, and suddenly things are so different than they were. And everyone suddenly loves it and wants to be there in that situation and, and wants to be a part of it. But man, no one had the faith except for those people that have a gift of faith to stick it out in the hardest situations. How many of you have impossible situations and and, and work situations and family situations and, and life situations and you want a gift of faith? How awesome would that be to have a gift of faith? How many of you would want to have words of knowledge uh, to be able to encourage people in a powerful way that only God can do? How many of you want to be able to hear what God is saying for someone and encourage them with prophecy? How many of you are at the edge and the end of yourself in prayer and you want the gift of tongues to be able to pray exactly what the Holy Spirit knows is best to pray in that moment? How many of you have sick friends and family, people with chronic illness, and you wanna be able to pray to see them healed? How many of you uh, want people that you know in your life, that you love in your life, you want them to be free in Jesus and you want them to receive the good news and you wanna walk in the gift of evangelism so that you just have this ability to share the good news and see people respond to the gospel? How many of you uh, want to be able to have the gift of service and just open yourself up, open your life up, open your schedule up, open your bank account up in radical ways to help and serve people at the moment's notice when you see a need arise? How many of you want to walk in these kinds of gifts? One of you, two of you? I know you're like nodding with me. I'm just teasing a little bit, but... So this is just a a little bit of of spiritual gifts. This is not all of the gifts. This is not every gift. Um, But it just gives us a picture of, man, the Holy Spirit wants to do so much more in his church than we're doing. Again, remember, think about these gifts. Some of them sound kind of like, oh, yeah, that's pretty easy to wrap my head around. Some of them are like, I can't even imagine. Two-thirds of us have not opened our gifts. Two-thirds. Two-thirds. Two-thirds of you have latent potential in the Holy Spirit, not because of anything you've done, but because of the Holy Spirit wanting to partner with you and gift you and move in you in love. Do you know how much he loves you and wants to empower you to follow Jesus and encourage others to follow Jesus and encourage people who don't know Jesus yet? All you've got to do is open the gift. All you've got to do is receive the gift, to discover the gift, to develop the gift, to use the gift. What have you left unopened under the Christmas tree? What could there possibly be? Maybe you have some gifts. Maybe there's more. Maybe there's more. And sometimes there's different seasons where the Holy Spirit's like, it's time for you to walk in this. It's time for you to step into this. Just a couple frequently asked questions as we wind down. This isn't going to be exhaustive, but I think it'll help us a little bit. Is one gift more important than the other's? Absolutely not. There is no gift that is a better gift. There is no gift that uh, makes someone more important. Paul often describes in his, his letters to the churches that you're like a body. Every body part's needed, right? Just like every person has different gifts. Every gift, every person's needed. But Paul does encourage this. If you're seeking spiritual gifts and you want to find out what God has given you as a spiritual gift, he says start with prophecy. Why? Really simply, because it's teaching you how to hear God's voice for yourself. Hearing God to encourage yourself and to encourage others. So start there. That's good pastoral advice, good wisdom. There's not one better than the other, but start there. And I'll say this as well our denomination, the Christian to Missionary Alliance, we use a statement or a phrase all the time when it comes to spiritual gifts in general, and it's this expectation without agenda. We are expecting that the Holy Spirit wants to and has given gifts to every believer, but we have no agenda. The Holy Spirit decides what gifts he gives. And so we're just trying to be humble to walk in that. So, who's given gifts? Are are they limited to anyone? They're really just limited to anyone who follows Jesus. Anyone who follows Jesus is given spiritual gifts, is given these abilities. Really simple. Here's another question. Has the Holy Spirit stopped giving some of these gifts to the church? Have some of these stopped? So this is uh, something that we could spend a whole nother sermon series on, so we're not going to dive too deep into it. But unfortunately, and and I'm just going to be very blunt and say this, there are a lot of churches that are preaching a powerless Christianity. And you know my favorite phrase is, if that's the case, we might as well go get brunch. Because I am not good enough to do this by myself, quite honestly. I I do not have enough self-control, self-will in my own ability to do this without the Holy Spirit's empowerment. I cannot, I'm not that good of an encourager outside of the Holy Spirit's empowerment, quite honestly. I'm a pretty selfish person, selfish person, if I do not have the Holy Spirit sanctifying and empowering me, quite honestly. Like I just, I know my, my flesh, I know my own nature. I know what my personal preference would be, and it would not be what the Holy Spirit wants me to do. So the gifts have not ceased. Now, they haven't ceased just because I need more power and I'm useless on my own. The gifts haven't ceased because we see nowhere in Scripture where where it says, okay, and this is going to stop now. This is going to to stop now. And we see fruit of the gifts happening to this day. And Jesus said that we're going to be his disciples and go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. And he didn't put a just to get things started at the end of that. So, no, the gifts do not cease, they do not cease. Another question, how do I know what spiritual gifts I have? This is really a key question. I know, this is the, the million-dollar question in some ways. There, there's a few different ways that you, you know this, and you can't take one of them on their own. Um, how many of you have ever done a spiritual gifts assessment, like a survey? I don't love them, and here's Why? A lot of times, because, again, our, our worldview mindset, modern mindset, a lot of times when we answer them, we, we, we answer based on our natural talents and abilities. Are you a good organizer? Some of you are just very good at organizing. You don't necessarily have a Holy Spirit gift of administration. You're just naturally very organized, and you'd be like that with the Holy Spirit or without. I know I had a season in particular where I had, was given a gift of administration by the Holy Spirit uh, for a particular task and assignment that I had because I needed it. in one season in ministry. Um, But really, there's a few ways to know. Uh, That can help be a thing that you can do to reference it, but really, you wanna use a survey like that to kind of confirm things. And I'll be quick here as we close. Um, Really, you wanna ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what gifts have you given me? It's a good place to start. And the other thing is, it's gonna be confirmed by other followers of Jesus around you. What are the things that they are praying for you for? What are the kinds of things that they're asking you for help with in particular in the body of Christ? Those kinds of things are doing that. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 and 2 Timothy two different times. He says, hey, don't neglect the spiritual gift that was given to you through the laying on of hands. There was a time for Timothy where he was prayed over, and they they spoke over him. We feel like the Holy Spirit's giving you these spiritual gifts. And another time, he had stopped walking in the spiritual gifts, and Paul writes in 2 Timothy, he's like, don't let that fire go out. You need to stoke that back up. Maybe that's some of you. You walked in a spiritual gift for a season. You got disappointed. You got hopeless. You got burned out. You got uh, depressed, broken, cynical, and you're like, I'm not even sure that was God. Don't let that fire go out. Fan into flame the gift that He has given you. How do you how do you use your, your spiritual gifts? Um, there's no instruction manual in the Bible. Have you noticed that for how to use your spiritual gifts? It says, here's the spiritual gifts, and then doesn't say anything. Part of that is because there's an assumed worldview. They all understood this spiritual, seen, unseen world, and so there wasn't, they didn't need to explain that. People could tell, oh, this is the Holy Spirit, or this is another spirit at work. That was normal. That was a normal thing for them. So we've got to do some extra work to to begin to learn how to walk in gifts. Sometimes you're going to have to practice a gift and and, and start working it. Say, maybe I want to practice the gift of prophecy. I want to practice the gift of healing. I want to practice the gift of, of service. And I'm going to see if there's something more to it that God empowers me in. Sometimes it's going to be a huge fail and flop, and that's okay. And other times you're going to be like, wow, God really moved. He used me. And then that's encouragement to say, let's try again. He who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. And so these gifts are developmental. You need to practice them. You need to step into it in small ways. And and, and don't worry too much about, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? There's questions that can be answered along the way. But just try. You can practice spiritual gifts. Um, How do I know if any of this is real? Well, we already talked about the worldview thing, but here's really the number one thing. Are you seeing fruit? From what you're doing, are you seeing fruit? Are you seeing manipulation, chaos, confusion, fear come out of it? That's not the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing people love, loving Jesus more, loving community well, loving neighbors more? They're more transformed. They're they're more whole. They're more free. That's the Holy Spirit at work. Why me? This is the big question. This is too much. I'll show up to your nice little church service, but. I draw the line here. I draw the line of spiritual gifts. Why me? Why are you trying to push this? Why is this so important? Because I don't have your gift. Because the person next to you doesn't have your gift. And everyone in the body of Christ has been given a gift. We all get to play. We all have an arena, a place, where we are supposed to use that gift to help, serve, equip, empower one another, and to give glory to God. And there are places that you have the ability to use your gifting and your skill set to do those things that I will never get to go near. That the person next to you will never get to go near. And that is why you. Because you are part of the body of Christ, and the Holy Spirit has given you gifts. So here's how I want to land this. You have the worship team come up. I want to invite you to stand. Do you have your communion elements? If you need communion elements, would you raise your hand? Raise your hand. One of the connectors can get that to you. And here's what we're going to do. For some of you, you, you need uh, what Paul talked about, the laying on of hands, and the, the impartation of, of the gift that you receive through the laying on of hands. For some reason, that's how God likes to work. One pastor friend that says the kingdom of God loves to flow along relational lines. So a lot of things happen through relationship, through, through close contact. We don't just get zapped one day, and we've got it. So, so here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you need space to come up to the front, if that's important to you and it's symbolic to you in some way, you can use the front for that. But just from where you are, we're just going to take a moment before we go into worship here And I just want to invite you to, before we take communion, to just receive the Holy Spirit's activation of your gifts. So we're just going to take a minute. Maybe there's gifts that you're like, I think this might be a gift. Or maybe that is. And it's okay if you're wrong right now. We're we're learning. Um, But I want you to trust that sense that the Holy Spirit's giving you right now. Give yourself some grace to say, you know, that might be it. That might be one of the things he's gifted me in. Maybe, maybe healing is something that he has gifted you in. And you always, like when someone's sick, are like, I wish there was something I could do. And that's been the, the Holy Spirit inviting you into a prompt of, Holy Spirit, what can I do? And maybe there's a gift of healing. Maybe some of you are seeing people in need and there's a gift of service that he wants to activate in you. And, and you're going, I wish there was something I could do. Maybe there's a gift of words of knowledge or prophecy or administration or leadership or preaching or teaching or helps. What's the gift you haven't opened yet? What's the gift that you open and it's just sitting there undeveloped, unused? The Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm just going to wait on him for a minute. Just embrace the silence. It was great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at plantchurch.org. We'll